A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. After three years of changing our day-to-day eating and buying habits, animal protein markets are working on getting the pendulum back towards center. Brenda Botel is a professor and extension commodity marketing specialist at UW-River Falls. I had the opportunity to dive into many of the concerns in the animal protein world as 2023 gets rolling. Beef, pork, and poultry all have challenges to overcome, but it's certainly not all bad news out there for Wisconsin farmers. For the Midwest Farm Report, this is Carrie Mess. Brenda, can you give us an overview on what supply and demand looks like when we're looking at our animal proteins? When we're looking at what is our availability for meat supplies in 2022, we had the availability um, depending on the products that we were at. Uh, when we looked at broilers or, or turkeys, if you think that about 51% of the animal proteins that are eaten in the United States, about 51% of them are, are poultry, we saw that broilers, um, we were up a little bit on the supply of those, but down significantly on turkey, um, what was available for supply for consumers to be able to purchase um, on that way. We were down um, on pork, and we were actually up on beef as supply in the United States um, for 2022. Grocery store prices aren't necessarily reflecting what we are seeing as the reality on farm and in storage. When do you see the two catching up to each other so we do have you do have that little bit of that lag between basically what's at retail versus farm some of that deals with production some of it deals with the differences between the wholesale and the retail um, and essentially what are the margins or you know at all of those different packers right some of it we def- definitely saw increases in prices you know when we look at pork and when we look at beef and we look at poultry uh, some of it has to do with supply issues right so even if I talk about it's up you know remember we always have um, increased population in the United States so we have to kind of look at it as a per capita basis but when we're looking at that that availability of that product the other is we've just had inflation um, and there's also so that plays into a little bit of that we've seen higher inflation rates uh, for all of those animal proteins than what we did um, when you're looking at across the board basket of goods um, there they've been up a little bit in 20 to higher inflation than the rest of it. Some, so some of it plays into that. And then some of it is just that we've still had very strong demand. So even accounting for inflation, even accounting for that um, supply issues in that, consumers are still purchasing those animal proteins right now. There is always something around the corner that could make big impacts for farmers and for our food supply. What are you keeping an eye on out there? There's, there's a lot of things on the horizons that could go. Um, when we look at the specific industries there, we have to be concerned on a production side about avian influenza, where in 2022, we saw that really having an impact, everything from broiler production, hugely impacting turkey production. Uh, when we talk about egg prices and how much it's pro- um, a production for laying hens. So those that avian influenza, we had about of it in the spring. Then we had a couple bucks of it again in October and December. So that's really had a big impact. Whether or not in 23, hopefully we don't 
continue to see that avian influenza so that we can start building back that flock. When we look at swine and the issues that we need to, obviously we have to be concerned a little bit about any diseases. So whether or not we need to make sure that we keep uh, African swine fever out of the United States, those uh, if we have any occurrences of PERS, that always impacts production. The other part, though, that the swine industry is going to need to be wrestling with here in 2023 is that even though we have a decline in production, what we are seeing is a lot of the packers are buying um, some of these large independent uh, hog producers in order to be able to make sure that they still have enough hogs to be able to slaughter and keep running at capacity. That's consolidation, it's not expansion. And so we, how is that going to impact the industry after 2023 when we have less open market hogs available, which plays into pricing and all sorts of issues down the road. I'm talking with Brenda Botel, professor and extension commodity marketing specialist at UW-River Falls. Brenda, speaking of pork, give me an overview on the biggest factors making the markets just so hard for them right now. A big chunk of what's an issue is, you know, when we look at input prices, right? You know, this is impacting cattle, it's impacting pork. Um, When we look at that corn price overall, you know, the high corn price plays into the profitability basically for for those animals um, and how much whether or not they can make it in the margins there. So until we, we probably won't see large amounts of expansion in the, in the hog industry until we can either get a more stable corn price or a declining corn price, you know, um, and that's going to take a little while before we know that until we have some better feel for what's going to happen on the, that planting intentions and, and so forth for this year. But we probably won't, I mean, that's that's been a big impact for, for hog producers. The other part that's happening in that industry is because there are less animals and for slaughter and packers want to be able to operate at 100% capacity um, in order to guarantee that rather than encouraging and increasing prices in order to get expansion, what's happening is those are buying out those large uh, independent hog producers. Uh, so yes, they have that, but it is more of a consolidation rather than an expansion. And that's going to have some impacts later on down uh, in a few years as we, if we start to see expansion, where do those hogs end up getting sold? Looking globally, there are areas struggling with disease in their pigs. Where is the biggest struggle and what does that mean for farmers here? Disease worries are always a, a, a concern, you know, for all of them meat, animal, protein products, right? Um, We always concern about that. You know, one of the big ones that, you know, several, you know, a couple years ago that we were really worried about was the African swine fever. Um, If that ever gets into the United States and the impact that that has. Uh, But we also have to worry about PERS, you know, just that impact on um, what happens to production. So, yes, it is a concern. Um, We have seen increased rounds of those diseases worldwide. Um, we've seen some with PERS in 2022, but whether or not that continues in 2023, it, that's the, that's a, an area of an issue of, and concern for biosecurity. Where are we at with pork exports? They were down last year, weren't they? With pork, when we look at demand-wise, uh, as I said, one of the biggest impacts for us is the strength of the dollar and the lack of competitiveness on pork. We saw that a little bit um, with our export markets going um, to Mexico. Mexico is typically our biggest export 
export, um, and we they were down some in 2022. Uh, a lot of that had to do with those really high hand prices um, that's impacting some of that. We weren't that a lot of that was accounted for by increased um, exports to China. So it wasn't as if we had that much more retail pork in the in the United States because China ended up taking a lot of that pork. Where we have to look at in 23 is uh, uh, what's happening with these economies elsewhere because we want to make sure that they still have the purchasing power to be able to buy U.S. products. But then we have to look at China as well because how much pork are they producing? Do they have the corn to be able to produce it? Because if they can produce it themselves, then they will basically import less pork. Brenda, China is always top of mind when we talk exports, but as India's population grows, should we be paying more attention to that country? So, well, when we look at animal proteins, China still basically the biggest growth market. So even though you have a population decline in, in China, um, what we have and what's impactful for us, particularly when we are looking at uh, primarily beef, but also impacting pork somewhat, is the income. Um, so yes, there's less people, but you have an increased income more that's grown faster there, which means that they can buy those U.S. products. And as I said the last year, what we've struggled with is some price competition because of that strength of the dollar, products of U.S. products being expensive on account of that. We need them to have that income potential. We haven't seen that increase in the income um, for the majority of those in India. So even though they have a great population, they have to be able to have the income first in order and growing that before they can purchase our products. So let's talk beef. Brenda, once again, drought is putting pressure on many of our beef producing areas of the country. Where does the national beef herd stand at this moment? Yes, uh, 2022 saw the beef industry really being impacted by drought. We had large amounts of cow culling. Um, so when you look at slaughter in 2022, cow slaughter, beef cow slaughter was up um, almost 11% relative to what it was in 21. Um, heifers slaughter was up again, roughly um, a big percentage as well, not quite that much. I believe it was around four to five percent um, in that case. So even though steer slaughter was down. So we had increased beef production, but the beef that was being produced was coming from different types of animals and whether or not we can continue that. So last year at this time, you know, I fully expected that the cat, the beef cattle herd would continue to decline. Um, we typically will see that for a while after we've had it. I was kind of saying it would be around 300,000 head. Realistically, by the time you incorporate cow slaughter, heifers that are on feed, things like that, we might see close to a million head decline. So it's it's significantly impacted. Now, that's regionally going to have different impacts um, on where those cows were being culled. But from a national perspective, that herd is down. The question becomes on whether or not the drought is going to, if we're going to have any uh, reprieve from that drought. 
and whether or not we get any forage availability. We know hay stocks are down. Um, so whether or not we get any forage availability, any pasture availability, because if we don't and we continue to see more culling in 23, um, that's going to create even greater issues. If we start to see, in the drought we have reprieve on that, if we start to see that, then what producers are going to do, they'll hold those heifers back as replacements, which though drops beef production significantly again. So there's a few issues that we're going to have here in 23. It just kind of depends a lot on what's going to happen with weather. There's been a pretty significant change in the amount of beef we are exporting. Tell me what that means for farmers here in Wisconsin. Realistically, next year, um, we will see 13, I said 13.3% um, decline in exports of beef in 23 relative to 22. Um, you know, so up, down a few percentage from that, but it's definitely going to be down. Um, a large chunk of that, a large reason, a, a large justification for why that is, is we just aren't going to have that production. We're going to see less beef being produced in the United States. Um, and we like that beef. We are a, we, we like our beef in the United States. And they're not necessarily always the same. What we import, we'll see increased imports of beef in order to be able to make sure that we still have beef supplied there. But what we typically import, um, we're importing that typically for more of those hamburger or those lower cuts of beef where is if you're really looking at those middle meats, things like that. Um, we want that grain-fed beef from the United States, so we'll just keep it here and consume it here. So for those farmers here in Wisconsin raising beef cattle, we have a lot of forage on hand. We have a lot of beef on dairy crosses available to us. When we look locally, are Wisconsin farmers going to fare any better than other parts of the country? We do have forage availability. We have better forage availability than, than elsewhere. Um, and we have some of the options. So right now, there is definitely um, some profit profitability, definitely increased margins for um, whether or not you're a cattle feeder. Um, you know, so if you're finishing those animals on beef on dairy and you have a place to be able to sell them, there's definitely um, improved outlook for you as far as those prices that what and that margin because it depends on what you were paying for those animals um, those those feeder animals as you go into 23 they're going to continue to increase um, the the finished animal price will continue to increase as well but those margins are going to get a little bit tighter by the end of 23 relative to where they're at at the beginning of 23 for the feeder if you're producing those calves or those feeder animals so if you're a beef cow calf producer or if you have a high quality um, dairy herd and you have a reputation for producing dairy uh, beef on dairy animals that present themselves as beef you have some potential as well there and really capturing a lot of that margin there and we're starting to see that already Brenda do you think we're going to see those five to six hundred dollar prices for baby calves again it depends a little bit on again drought so if we even even though even in, in Wisconsin if we aren't having it but we're looking at it from a national perspective if we don't get that reprieve there's definitely potential for those prices to continue to increase 
on that front. Um, so a little bit's going to depend on how high they go up on how quickly this drought dissipates. I'm speaking with Brenda Botel. She is a professor at UW-River Falls and also an extension commodity marketing specialist. Brenda, let's talk about poultry. While everyone's talking about eggs, no one is mentioning turkey. Egg-laying hens were definitely hit hard with avian influenza, but turkey farms were as well. Just how bad was it, Brenda? The turkey industry was hit quite badly um, uh, as a production side. And then particularly when we look at Wisconsin, we as turkey production, that really does have a big impact because we were hit hard on the turkey production in Wisconsin. Um, so overall production was significantly down, but then where that plays into um, is the idea of our exports as well. So you, throughout 2022, we also had a strong dollar. Um, so now you have lower production, you have a strong dollar that made basically meant all of those exports of turkey were significantly down, um, and that just really had an impact on the on the on the overall production side where we're going to look at it for turkeys again if we can avoid any more further incidences and i say that because we had further incidences in october even in october in october for the turkey industry um, if we can avoid any further incidences we should be able to be able to build that flock back up but you know we aren't going to see that impact really until later in in 2023 we should be able to get back to where we have year-over-year increased productions of around 8%, but it's still not back to that level of 21 yet. Chicken accounts for just over half of all animal protein consumed here in the U.S. With the current animal protein production trends showing a lot of tightening numbers, where does that leave us for 2023? We will have less beef produced. We will have less pork produced. We'll have greater poultry. What that means from a retailer, when you look at it, especially at a retail level, we need to go to the grocery store now as a consumer, the most expensive of those proteins is beef. And there's not a lot of potential because we have less of it for that retail price to come down. Um, same with pork. So we will probably see more substituting at the retail level for sure of beef to poultry and pork to poultry um, by retailers, uh, by consumers as we get into the retail industry, especially if we start to see some recessionary concerns and consumers continue to feel weakness in the economy uh, in that case. So there's that idea for poultry. We will probably see increased consumptions of it at, at levels, and it'll be a higher percentage in 23. Once again, that was Brenda Botel. She shared her insights into the current state of affairs in the animal protein industry at the recent Wisconsin Ag Outlook Forum. She's a professor and commodity marketing specialist at UW Extension up at River Falls. For the Midwest Farm Report, this is Carrie Mess.